Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Guru Nation, thank you so much for watching. You see my lovely co-host. Lovely. To my, to my left, Chris Sauber with a Def Leppard shirt on. Nice, man. And the Dodger hat on. Dodgers lost a terrible game last night. I actually watched the entire baseball game with my father-in-law. Wow. Um, yeah. Didn't haven't done that in a while. So anyways, this is not about baseball, but Chris is on because... He's a site owner. We just jumped off of a Latinos in clinical research um, co-owner, co-founders Zoom. Mm-hmm. And one of, you know, one of the co-founders, another site owner, shared this article. So I'm going to share the screen. I've already looked on LinkedIn for these people. They're not on there. At least the first two people are not on LinkedIn. And not surprisingly either. Because if you're going to do dirt, as you know by now what the title's about, So here's what not to do if you own a site, guys, or work at a site. All right, let's start with that. So, Chris, two Florida medical study coordinators plead guilty in connection with scheme to falsify clinical trial data. So we always talk about how the FDA holds the PIA responsible. Well, that doesn't mean the coordinators out of off the hook if they're involved, because the Department of Justice will be the one to decide and the way they framed it. So go ahead, Chris. So I'm just going to say, so to clarify those two points, right? Yeah. So FDA, yes, for primarily is just, just going to hold the PI to blame. But when you're talking criminal, that's an entirely different field, right? This is not the FDA and whether or not this drug is going to be approved. And if there's problems, who's to be blamed, right? Right, right, right. When we're talking criminal, that's something entirely different than the FDA and criminal well, you can't you can't uh, charge a crime to somebody else they didn't commit, right? So when it comes to criminal, it's whoever committed the crime. So 
we're talking right. DOJ here, not FDA. Yeah. Right. Well, we're talking both because most people in our industry, they think, okay, you know, the ultimate regulators, the FDA, this is true. But if you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing, like, Illegal I don't know, committing things. fraud, Illegal and things. I don't know, jeopardizing public safety, like, this is a lot more serious than some people think. Look, look what, um, look what the assistant attorney general, Brian M. Boyton, said. Right. He he's the head of the Justice Department's civil division. Clinical trials are the foundation of the drug approval process. The Justice Department will continue to work with its law enforcement partners to prosecute those who falsify clinical trial data for personal profit. The public relies on the accuracy of clinical trial data, said U.S. Attorney Juan Antonio Gonzalez. We need him on the LICR podcast, too. For the Southern District of Florida, falsifying clinical data endangers the safety of consumers and violates the public's trust. It is a serious crime that will continue to vigorously prosecute. All things said, so there are the two coordinators, Annalie Rico, Dalen Diaz from TELUS Clinical Research, and Daniel Tejeda, Eduardo Navarro. Nadia Verona sentenced to 30 months in prison, 46 months in prison, and 30 months in prison, respectively, for their mm. roles. The Brilliant. trial is set for, yeah, the trial is set for September 27th in the case of the other three defendants, the PI, uh, Fidelis Font, so that might be like the owner, and uh, all charged by indictment. So, you know, we often tell clients or, or prospective clients or prospective uh, investigators that you're not risking your license in any way, right? Getting involved in clinical research. Right. Well, here's where you are risking your license, right? But this isn't clinical research. This is fraud. Fraud. And, and if this investigator goes to prison, well, he's going to lose his medical license. So, uh, but it's not just the investigator, that's all these people. Like, no, I understand, I understand that. I'm just saying, when we discuss, you know, problems mm -hmm. that could arise with medical licenses and doing research, it's really none so long as you follow the protocol, right? Yeah, so as part of the, the so here's back to the two coordinators, okay? As part of their plea agreements, they admitted that they agreed with orders to defraud clients paying for clinical trial work intended to evaluate treatments for opioid dependency, irritable bowel syndrome, diabetic neuropathy. They admitted they falsified data to make it appear as though subjects were participating in the trials when in truth they were not. So they just got names, maybe pre-screened, maybe they didn't even do that. Mm -hmm. And then they must have got the blood from somebody. From each other. From each other, but ultimately like blood sample, even urine sample, you know, it can't be uh, like there are ways to identify them and there's even ways to identify like differences between visits. Like, I mean, it's one of the key assessments in any trial is sure. It's one, of the, safety is, one of the safety assessments. Mm -hmm. so, so these people don't think it through or they just think that they can just hide in the midst of all the data. They're just one of maybe 50 sites so we can just. Make up right. some patients. Generally, guys, well, not generally, always making up patients is a very bad idea. So, you know, and this isn't, I mean, while this isn't normal, I wouldn't say it's abnormal either. Uh, there was a there was a physician in Riverside 
not too many years ago that uh, I'm sure you recall the story. I think it was Riverside that um, uh, was making up patients and something like $3 million worth of data, right? He was paid like $3 million. And mm-hmm. how he got caught was probably similar to how these people at TELUS uh, got caught. They uh, were using the same person's, same two people for all the medical assessments, labs, EKGs. <laughs> so CRA caught that everything was the same. Wow. Right. So not to mention the PK, like if they do pharmacokinetics, you know, yep. they look at how the drugs absorb by the body. Yep. And they everyone processes drugs differently in their body. So if you have the same exact data repeating mm-hmm. over and over. Uh, looks a little odd. You got, Something you got a odd. problem. That's what? it's unbelievable, man. But we started off that Zoom, and you were saying you're not surprised, or that it's not unbelievable. Like, yeah. and we differ on that because how so, is it not unbelievable? I think when there's monetary gain in any industry, you're going to have problems in terms of, especially in an industry where you would like everything to be 100% genuine, right? Mm-hmm. When when there's a financial gain, you're giving you're giving um, incentive to cut corners to do whatever's necessary to make that dollar. And if you want to remove that incentive, then you obviously have to remove the monetary gain. But there would be no research if there was no nothing to be made. Right? Doctors need to be paid for their time. Um, patients even need to be paid for their time. Yeah. Um, and if you remove all those financial gains, then uh, you're going to make research uh, impossible. Well, there's so, some people on TikTok. Now that I'm on TikTok, you know, I get some new haters. So thank you. Welcome, new haters. Uh, they're basically commenting on some of my TikToks like research should not be for profit. You know, people like Dan are getting rich. Well, um, and so that's you can take it to that extreme, basically. That's essentially what I just said. If you want it to be, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just pristine. If you want the research to be pristine, then it has to be not for profit. But the problem is, is this, you're never going to complete your research. It's, like I just said, you have to pay these people. Doctors, they want to be paid for their time. Yeah. And, they're not, and so do patients and everybody else involved. You have to pay all of these people. So mm-hmm. um, the financial gain has to be there. Otherwise, it just won't be accomplished. Well, it's the it's the reason why private industry, despite its flaws, still way better and much more efficient than the public sector or nonprofit. I mean, we could throw nonprofits into the same category because they basically run politics to get their funding. Like it's no different yeah. than politics. But nonprofits. I mean, they rely on donations. Sure, but nonprofits are not truly nonprofit, right? But not in my opinion. But people are like criticizing private side, and by the, they're like, "Oh, people like Dan are getting rich." By the way, I'm not getting rich. Like, I wish we were getting rich. We're not getting rich. We're doing well, but we're not getting rich. Sure, there's people like in all kinds of industries just making money hand over fist. Doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that they're doing bad things either. So, um, what's the solution to these? For these people on TikTok that are criticizing you, what what's their solution? Well, they're pushing uh, for like everything government controlled. That's oh, their yeah. solution, and that's not corrupt. Exactly, uh, you're just exchanging like, one form of I've you're exchanging fact, one set of problems for another, and it's worse because you're removing like 
access to real world patients. Not only that, but it's worse because you're now you're now granting power to already a, a very powerful industry, government. Right? Yeah. So, mm. so there is no oversight now whatsoever. At least there's oversight of these individual privately owned by the FDA. Right? Yeah. So there is some oversight there. What happens to that oversight if you have Nancy Pelosi running everything? Who's already yes. who's already you got to follow her to know what to invest in stock market wise. Like that isn't corrupt. Yeah, <laughs> she decides what uh, bills are put before the Senate, and then her husband sometimes days before or same day trades on those yeah. companies that are set <laughs> to benefit off the news. Yes, like they don't even need the outcomes; they just need the news. To get yep. the bump in their in their share price. Yep. So you're just so, ch- exchanging like no, one form worse. of fraud for another. It's much worse if you have government doing it. Much worse. Yeah, but for some reason people are okay with that. Well, at least people of this line of thinking, and it's not the majority of people are not criticizing me on TikTok, but I do get more haters on there so, that are left leaning, and this is like their solution is we should just make research like um, just academic medical centers and public institutions. So that would be one solution, academic research centers, but it it wouldn't necessarily have to just be academic. It could be, you know, individually privately owned centers, but your contractual arrangement with them would be the same as an academic unit, which you pay them regardless of their performance, right? You sign them to a 10 year contract. Right. You sign them to a 10-year contract, say, okay, we're going to work with your site for 10 years. You're getting paid X dollars per year, regardless of the number of patients you enroll. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. You 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 enroll 10 or you enroll 1,000, you're getting paid the same. So then you can see quickly there's no incentives. People work off of incentives. And sometimes the incentive, people are driven a little too far, yep. unhealthy levels by incentives, like we see here and like we hear Every now and then, about two years ago, I did a story on the site owner in Seattle who got addicted to opioids and did this too. And mm-hmm. he did it not just to get the money, but to get the study drug for himself. Yeah. Like he was enrolling himself. He's in jail. Some guy named Samir something. I think um, I remember that. Yeah. So but my point was that's how you make the data pristine, right? There's no, you have to remove incentive. So you sign yeah. sites. You get paid this regardless of the work you do. But guess what? They're not going to do anything. I mean, they got 10 years worth of money to do nothing. And I get that argument. Like, it's public health. You know, this is for all of us, like, for the benefit of society. But I think private industry is the most efficient. And it's proven. Like, if that were the case, you'd have to remove CROs. There would be no CROs. The government would have to make their own CRO. They're Mm. already inefficient enough as it is. Can you imagine, like, the NIH starting a CRO? Not gonna get anything done ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you got to think these things through sometimes, guys. But anyways, we don't want to spend too much time on this. But this is the first time I actually like see coordinators doing jail time. And it doesn't sound like the two coordinators first mentioned. It sounds like they're the whistleblowers because they got caught, and the feds went to them first and said, "Look, we're gonna give you lesser sentences if you start naming names." And those two, that's what they did. Um, so you're, you're not off the hook, guys. Don't commit fraud. Don't do foolish things. Do Follow the protocol. 
Put the right patients in. I know it's hard sometimes with these put, IE criteria. Put real patients in. <laughs> yeah, let's start with just actually enroll people. Yeah, real people. Yeah, let's start with that. I mean... <laughs> good, good starting point. Yeah, I think that's a general rule of thumb. Um, anything else? No, I I just... Uh, for those Take that home message. You- for those that complain to you on TikTok, it'll never be perfect. Nothing, no system, regardless, will ever be perfect. None. So yeah, just... well, it, I don't know. It's falling on deaf ears. But what about for the sites, like practical advice to the sites? Like, don't cut corners. Yeah, you know, so Dan and I service 80 clients or more um, throughout the United States. And occasionally I have this conversation with with a client who starts asking very odd questions like hey is this ethical can we do this it's like listen you know i'm i'm not your authority but i'm just going to tell you 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 need to enroll real patients right i mean they would ask you this like can we uh, not not directly but yes kind of i've been asked this but you weren't like directly asked. It's just they're alluding to like they're thinking of doing something. Then you're like similar dude. to this. Yes. You're like, dude, don't even think about it. That's really dumb. Basically. Yeah. Now you can send them this video and say, here, watch this instead. Yeah. And if you want to join, let's put them out there. It's just Anna Le Rico. If these are employees like Anna Le Rico and Daylin Diaz, I mean, they're in a tough situation, man. Because if you're an employee and, and your you PI is telling you to do your this, your PI is telling you, saying, "Look, I'm gonna pay you," and maybe that PI like treats you well too. You're like, ah, oh, you know, you start building a bond. You're like, all right, and that slippery slope, your favorite term, slippery slope, just keeps getting slippery, slipperier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but it just shows you that everybody's responsible. It's not just the owners. Like, just use your common sense. I think this can be avoided by just using common sense like the first time somebody asks you to send blood of a patient that doesn't exist might be a good time to find a new job but you know a lot of people don't think things through entirely and these coordinators may be thinking well you know this falls on the on the pi anyhow fda gets involved it falls on them anyhow they're not thinking in terms of hey we're committing fraud like legit fraud yeah and this could carry criminal weight and that's something entirely different and at the end of the day besides the fact that i'm a youtuber and i need to clickbait this is a warning a word of warning like i think this may help somebody who's on the fence and say okay yeah you know it's one thing for your pi to say hey this patient's two pounds overweight uh let's you know let's let's make up their weight a little bit here let's take five pounds off not right but you know what is fraud still too, but it's not going to get the DOJ involved, right? No. Whereas something not, like, yeah, DOJ I mean, is not wasting time with that. That's more of a sponsor issue. Like, hey, what's your policy for weight? Is yeah. it consistent? Is yeah. your equipment calibrated? Um, well, not only that, but usually most sponsors are fine. At least in my experience, most sponsors are fine if you, if the PI says, well, we're going to take. We're gonna go ahead and um, take the deviation here, and I'll yeah. this patient anyhow. Or we'll use the like, like we weighed the patient at two times 
uh, prior to screening, maybe they had two different visits. We're going to use the lower weight to get them in. Like, right. that's okay. That's you can argue, and we're not here to argue that whether it's fraud or not. But what it's I'm questionable saying is, at best, but it's DOJ, not, that's an FDA issue. Exactly. Not a DOJ exactly. Issue. That's not a going to jail issue. Yep. This is a going to jail issue when you say there's patients in your study and they're actually not, and the blood's coming from somewhere. Yep. God knows where that blood's coming from. Yep. Unreal. Chris, we had to do it, man. Thank you. Uh, everybody, let us know your thoughts on this. And you know what? Let's end it with this. If this was discovered first by a CRA, we need to congratulate them. Like, I know they might feel bad because it might be like a like a little awkward for that CRA. Maybe when you're a CRA, you do build a rapport with your coordinators. Um, but if this is an example of like a CRA doing their job, they should be commended publicly um, because it could have just as easily been missed and this could have kept going on. Yep. Absolutely. So shout out to the CRA if that's the case. They don't say. They don't say details. The DOJ could care less. Wow. <laughs> no, they certainly could care less. But I would follow this with more interest than the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard uh, saga. Yeah, I know nothing about that other than what my wife told me. Yeah, me either. Well, anyways, like, subscribe, comment, share. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.